Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. Don't take our word on Elixinol. Take former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer's word on it. Plummer is a huge fan of Elixinol's hemp balm, and it's a topical pain reliever that is just one of Elixinol's many great non-THC products. What's more, 5% of your purchase will go to a nonprofit of your choice when you visit Elixinol.com and get yours today. Well, Zach, we've always wondered... Does John Elway listen to the podcast? <laughs> and I think we can unequivocally say now that he listened to last Thursday's podcast, thought, wow, Ryan, that's a smart guy. <laughs> I think he's right. If I'm going to go for it, I got to go for it. I'm calling Bryce Callahan right now, made the signing, and uh, I'm assuming I'll get my letter or a check or something in the mail soon. Well, you mean we. John just split the difference. He said, you know, I, I like the Bryce Bryce Callahan signing. I'm going to go for the big shot. But you know what? I'm going to get him cheaper than everyone thinks. And you know what? I'm just going to lock up Zach Kerr and Jeff Hireman at the same time. Not the sexiest guys, but filling holes. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure on the podcast I said... <laughs> You get Bryce Callahan for around $7 million, and then you could get Zach Kerr for $3 million and Jeff Hireman for $4 million. Whoa, I thought, I thought you were saying $7 million cap hit and doing the baloney. You sign him for $11 million, and then you defer four of that to next year, and then you get him on the seven. And that's where I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's pump the brakes. Let's not kill yourself for next year. I Man, if you said seven, that's... That's amazing. And you probably said three years, 21 million or something like that, right? 10 no, million if guaranteed. I did, if I did say that exactly, <laughs> you would have heard that when we led the podcast today because you best believe I went back to listen. Um, what, what I said was like, hey, maybe it's 9 million and you get a $5 million cap hit. It's all, yeah. none of it exact. makes sense anymore anyway. Like, if there's one thing that we've learned in this cycle, I feel like you learn something every year. Yeah. This time I've learned, don't, it doesn't matter how much money no. they have. No, especially if they're in attack mode and, and that's what John Elway is in right now. And so it's different from years past because we would have learned this a year, you know, last year, but last year they were very careful with the cap, Yep. which is interesting considering the win now bill that we're always sold every off season. It certainly hasn't been as aggressive as this year. 
uh, since, you know, really the Peyton Manning era. So maybe that's a, uh, you know, feather in the cap of Joe Flacco and how much they believe they can win with him. No matter what it is, John told Mike Sullivan, you better uh, pack your bags. You're going to be here for some late nights this week. Because I am i don't care about the cap anymore, and I'll go get whoever I want. He said, your job's been easy the past few years. Get ready for this one, what I'm about to throw at you. And I'll tell you what, Bryce Callahan for $7 million a year, incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I think there was one thing that we overlooked with him that I think really hurt him, and that was the injury concerns with him coming off an injury from last season. Uh, and he flew under the radar of that first tier of free agency um, and for him to to be there on Friday night and then also for seven million a year Ryan you, you couldn't pass up on that this was the best possible free agency for the Broncos yep. I mean Bryce Callahan was my number one that yep. was who I, who I said they should get over anyone else and they got him as a second tier guy yep then you put on Kareem Jackson, who I, saw, I, I wish I could credit the source here, but I saw one person said multiple GMs told them they had him ranked as their number one corner in free agency. Mm. I had uh, Bryce Callahan ranked as my number one corner in free agency. Yep. Everyone had Juwan James ranked as their number one right tackle in free agency because there just wasn't a very deep market there. And so now you've got three top ten corners, according to PFF last year. Yep which is absurd after going from, you know, one and then a bunch of a heap of whatever. Yep. And you improved your offensive line. You got the depth pieces that Zach so desperately <laughs> wanted. And you still somehow bereft with money to sign a few more guys. It's it's incredible. And because now you look at this team and could you upgrade the tight end position? Absolutely. Could you upgrade the defensive line specifically in the middle? Absolutely. Can you upgrade corner? I don't think so. I don't think you can upgrade corner this year. Could you draft a guy in the first round and have that fourth cornerback be better? Sure. But that's not what you're looking for. And John Elway loves his cornerbacks, always wants that strong. Last year, it was far from it. It was far from it from the start of the season. I mean, once Vance Joseph started started talking about Tremaine Brock, truly competing for that second cornerback spot. We knew that there was some trouble there. Then all the injuries. It wasn't how John Elway wanted it to be. Now that cornerback group is stout. And Ryan, there's a position that we haven't talked about because we don't need to. Outside linebacker? Now you have Von Miller, Bradley Chubb paired up with this corner group. Are you kidding me? And then the safety group also benefits because of Kareem Jackson. And I just want to clarify because I misspoke there. I meant to say they're not bereft of cash. They still have money. Yeah. Um, so they actually can still sign, like, another Jeff Hireman type and another Zach Kerr type. I don't know how. <laughs> I really don't know how. But somehow the number isn't shrinking. It just keeps staying the same. It's bizarre. And the weirdest thing, do you know who the Colts have signed this offseason? I know they've signed the— Pierre Desir. Yep. They kept their own guy for about $10 million. That's the only name I know. Same. They had the most cap space with $100 million, so apparently the cap doesn't mean much. Yeah, seriously. And uh, did you see Miami is setting up to have over $120 million next year? Whew. For what? They're not going to have to pay a rookie quarterback much. I guess they want to get that rookie and then you know go all in, kind of like the Jets or, or the Browns. Was it? So they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick yesterday. 
and I think it was an Adam Schefter tweet that said they signed uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick for their for them to get Tua next year. It's like so that must be sourced information saying it that way. That's crazy to already not just be tanking right now, but to already know who your guy is. Let me tell you. If you're tanking, why do you get Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick? Right. He'll win you games. Right. He's too good. If what I'm you- tanking, I'm getting Case Keenum. No. <laughs> uh, if I'm tanking, I'm getting, you know, Garrett Grayson. Exactly. And throwing him out there to start. Or who was it? Uh Oh, man, I can't even remember the name. P.J. something, the 38-year-old quarterback. T.J. Yates? Uh, no, it was uh, P.J. Townsend. I've never he was, heard of him. He was a, a career backup. He's 38 years old. He was throwing passes to the Clemson wide receivers at their pro day last week. Oh, no, that was um, – oh, he was the former first-round pick from the Bills – Yet Lossman? Yes. Was it him? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. But that's what you go and get. You get some guy that's retired many years ago. Right. He was. He looked so good at Pro Day <laughs> in a t-shirt throwing passes that teams inquired if he wants to come back to the NFL. To wide open receivers, right? To wide open receivers. No defense. <laughs> and that's, that's funny. It's, it, that's got to be – I mean, that is literally full circle on a dude's career. Because is it PJ Lossman? Is that his name? I think it is PJ Lossman. He's a first round pick. I'm pretty sure. I I don't want to misspeak here. This was a long time ago. Wow. Um, But I want to say PJ. I know it's like a a two thing like that. Here's the thing. Don't ever draft a guy who has loss in his name. (laughs) Because that's just not. Oh, it's you were close. You were close. I I knew something sounded off in my head. JP Lock. JP, just flip him. Okay. And yes, I was correct. He was drafted in the first round by the Buffalo Bills. What pick do you know? Probably pick 20 or some doomsday pick. I don't know if the NFLs were uh, 22nd and overall. There you go. Yep. Just stay away from the 20s when you're drafting quarterbacks. But what I was going to say is this is full circle because JP Lossman was drafted in the first round. Because he looked great in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he threw the heck out of the ball. He had a cannon of an arm. Yep. Everyone, you know, fell in love with that. The Bills, in Bills fashion, just like they went after Josh Allen, <laughs> bit. And he ended up being a huge bust. Then he ends up, like, going with the Los Angeles, the Las Vegas Locomotives in the football? United Football League. Wow. He did actually win the inaugural UFL championship wow. with, uh, with the Las Vegas Locomotives. Was that the first and the last championship they had? Probably. And then he went on to the Raiders, the Seahawks, the Dolphins. Oh, he came back. He came back. Yeah, mm-hmm. he earned his spot back. And then he went to Clemson, and now he's coming back. And then he goes out, disappears from the NFL. People probably forget about him. They see him throwing in shorts and a t-shirt again. <laughs> Only, let's see, what well, he was drafted in the 2004 NFL draft. So 15 years wow. later, he's there in shorts and a t-shirt. Still looks great. Let's let's bring it full circle with him, and that's why the Dolphins should go get him to then get them the number one pick in the draft. So they can probably choose another guy. Who's <laughs> uh, but that, I mean, what a story there! It's pretty hilarious how. How simple-minded NFL teams really are. It's so true. Is he tall? We, is he prototypical at least? He's prototypical. 6'2", 215. Okay. Okay. Okay, Trev. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just in that, you know, nice 
You look like a quarterback range. Yep. <laughs> Does he have the face? You know what? I was disappointed in the face. He's an <laughs> L.A. guy. Mm. I thought, oh, that's got to be one of the reasons, too. He's, you know, kind of a studly looking. Yep. I imagine facial hair when I hear of JP. Like, I can admit when a quarterback is good looking. I said it about Joe Flacco <laughs> on Thursday. Yep. Friday. Uh, but, but yeah, JP, eh, eh. <laughs> not really bringing it around for me. Anyways... How did we start talking about J.P. Lost? That is, that's a great question. <laughs> Anyways, never draft someone whose name is literally Lost Man. <laughs> and it, the that, Lost Man. That's like, what, is that your scouting? It's either 1.1, 1.2, 1. 1. or 1.3. Because you have the name, the number, and is it the looks? Just the swag. Just the swag, yeah. Right, See, yeah. D- don't, don't worry about what they look like throwing the football. It, NFL teams get too caught up in that. And right. you get stuck with the Paxtons of the world. Like, look at Bryce Callahan. That is a winning name. Yeah. Uh, except, what do you think of the number that he had with the Bears? I don't think it's a very winning number. Well, that's what happens when you're an undrafted free agent. That's now true. he's a you know a paid man, and he can change that number. What number was Chris when he came in? Was it in the 40s? Yeah, it was something terrible. It was weird. Yeah, now now Bryce gets to change it, like Chris, and, and make it for himself. Was it in the 40s? Four- I think it was like 39. Yeah, ugly. Yeah, just, just like number. 37 was Bryce. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wonder what he will be. Also, is Cream Jackson definitely taking twenty one? Seems like it. That is crazy. That is something I can see Sue Cravens putting up a big fight against. Mm. Because someone said like, "Oh, is Garrett Grayson going to give up number five for Joe Flacco?" And I'm like, <laughs> Garrett Grayson, if he even still has a locker in the facility, <laughs> when he walked in, he just had a new jersey in there, and that's okay. They're like, "Hey, buddy, you're number nineteen now." That that's how it should be. Um, but, but you Sue are Cravens, Raymond. Sue Cravens is a, a veteran in the league. The second round pick, second round pick guy who holds himself in a very high regard as, in, as it relates to his NFL abilities and so you, talent. So you think it's going to cost him some cash to give that up or is this like, is this borderline that, or I don't, I don't think the Broncos care what Stuart Cravens thinks mm. so I think this could be a uh, if they if Kareem Jackson really wants 21 I think it could be a uh, contentious situation you know I really like that move by Kareem Jackson just put it out on Twitter and then just let it solve itself out from there you yeah. get the fans pumped for you and you don't even have to say anything you don't even have to ask I will say I, I was watching him sign an autograph and he wrote a number Mm. And then he was like, wait, wait, I don't, I don't know what my number is yet. So oh. he doesn't even know, I guess. Okay, he just maybe that was just a number he threw out there? I think, I don't know, someone probably just sent him that really crappy Photoshop, and it was the best thing he had at that time. I guess 29 is open now for may, maybe that's what Bryce goes with? That'd be a good number for him. Yeah. Get him in the 20s. Yeah. You got to be in the 20s because when I think of 30s DBs, I think of Lorenzo Doss, you know, like the the fourth and fifth string guys. Well, that's a, that's what he he wore the the famous 37 that Bryce Callahan wore. Exactly. Yeah, Bryce Callahan number 29. That's a nice looking jersey. Mm, I prefer like a ooh. 24 would look the best, but we're, let's not go down that road again. What if that's just how you replace Akeem Talib and Bradley Roby? Is you just go with this next wave? Where's 21? 29 and of course you still have the 25 i cannot believe they have three really good corners all of a sudden think about what we were thinking about this corner group just one week ago yeah we're like yeah this is a big problem they're gonna have to go in free agency and in the draft 
just to get a respectable group out there. Yep. And we're talking big money in free agency and first round pick in the draft. Right. Now somehow they have arguably the best corner room in the league. Yeah. You can make that argument. And the crazy thing about them is they're all small guys. Kareem Jackson's a small guy, but a, a huge hitter. Bryce Callahan's a small guy. I mean, that that's one of the reasons why he went undrafted was because he didn't have the measurables, and obviously we know that Chris is the exact same. Yeah, it, they are very small. That that Maybe the new nickname, first of all, I think No Fly Zone can stay. Now, I'm a, not a big fan of continuing nicknames, but everyone's very against it. The only reason I'm for it is Chris Harris Jr. is the founder. Mm. The founder of the company is still there. Yeah. You don't change the name. Yeah. So I think it can stay. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it just because I think like these things should be one year intervals. Right. Um, But if they go new nickname, it's got to be something uh, involving their height. They're all under six feet tall. Yeah. And do we bring it? Do we make it specific just for the cornerbacks or do you open it up to the whole secondary? Yeah, I got some flack on that, too, when I posted the, the No Fly Zone 2.0 thing. People are like, Justin Simmons and Will Parks are good enough to be a part of this. We'll see. Um, I think Justin is due for a bounce back year. I think Will Parks has gotten better every single season he's been he's on, on the He's on the field. ups. So, you never know. And, and, and remember, you surround guys with good players, it makes them better. Yep. If you give um, – you know, if Bryce Callahan's out there giving – Bradley Chubb a little more time to get to the quarterback then they're you know the quarterback's throwing it under duress then the more passes are floating towards Justin Simmons you know so that was one thing that I always said about guys like Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis uh, and even Malik Jackson was it's hard to know how good they really were because of how good everyone right. around them was right in that 2015 season um, you really can't quantify it because everyone's playing at such a high level i mean yeah um malik jackson's gonna have a good season when demarcus Ware is on his right and von miller's on his left yeah uh because he was all he was also very talented but you can't see how those guys so that's great news for the broncos secondary you put callahan um kareem jackson and chris harris out there everyone looks better right everyone on the broncos defense just got better exactly significantly and imagine how much better von's going to look when the quarterbacks are forced to hold the ball for three and four seconds because the secondary is now elite. Man, that's it's exciting. And when you're saying all of that, people may be thinking, well, what do you do if there's a really big wide receiver or more so if there's a big tight end? How do you defend that? Justin Simmons, that's going to be huge for him. We know he can cover well. Um, he, he struggled in other parts of the game. Instead of saying you have to cover everything, play safety, play corner, you say you're a safety and you're a tight end coverer. And then that makes his job way more simple, but he's still versatile. And then you know what? When you bring Justin to do that, Kareem Jackson slides back and he's your safety and you feel great about that. In response to that, though, who's the biggest, baddest, toughest re- uh, receiving option in the NFL? When he's in healthy. terms of big guys? Yeah. Gronk? Who's had the most success covering Gronk for the Broncos? Chris? Chris. So it's not all about size on size. It's size not. Size on size can help, especially when you're down in the red zone and, and there's a chance that Tom Brady's just going to split him out wide and throw it up. Right. But 
Chris Harris Jr., of anyone that's been on the Broncos since Brady and Gronk have been around, has had by far the most success covering Gronk. So is that what you do when they play Travis Kelsey two games a year? I'd certainly consider it because you have two great corners oh, behind gosh. him. Yeah. Last year, Travis, Ke- I, Travis Kelsey just killed the Broncos. Yeah. I mean, you need to do something. That's why you brought Vic And look in. what happened when Chris Harris Jr. wasn't available to just say, oh, Chris can fix it, and George Kittle was on the field. Ugh. Ugh. In the end, though, like, <laughs> how many catches did George Kittle have in the game? I know he had zero in the second half. Right. I think he had, like, six catches yeah. for 204 yards. Yep. Maybe even less. Five. one of them was 80, right? There's or an 75? 80 and, like, a 63. He was just running like a gazelle out there. Oh, man, he was. Sorry to bring up the, uh, <laughs> the bad But that shouldn't here. happen. Is what we're saying that that it shouldn't happen this year for scheme like we've talked about with Vic Fangio, what he brings to the table. These players aren't going to be caught off guard, uh, and I don't think Vic is going to be caught off guard by what opposing offenses are throwing at him. And now you have the talent. John gave him the talent. Vic has to be ecstatic with what's happened in this first wave, first two waves of free agency, because not only did he have a lot of talent on this defense when he took it over, but now. John said, okay, we're going to make, what, four big moves and three or three big moves, and two of them are going to be on your side of the ball. Zach, when, I, when they came into free agency, I said their ceiling is in the top ten as a defense. Mm-hmm. I truly believe it's number one. That's the ceiling? Like, they, need to, they just need to figure out that middle linebacker position. You're saying if they get a Devin. If they get Devin White or Devin Bush, I'm saying that their ceiling is the number one defense in the NFL. I can't disagree with the way ceilings work. I can't. And the the thing that you feel, let's say they get a Devin. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess you could be a little nervous about the defensive line, potentially the depth or, or the inside. And you could be a little nervous about safety as well. But... Kareem Jackson just should really ease all of the concerns. And just putting those three corners in that secondary. Yeah. I mean, what team, and I already know the answer to this, but I'll ask it um, anyways, what team can say they have two of the top five pass rushers in the NFL and three of the top ten corners in the NFL? The Broncos? The Broncos can. Yeah. No one else can say that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that for sure, but I can pretty much guarantee that no one else can say that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That makes their ceiling the top. And the draft, I, I think we'll have plenty of opportunities to talk about the draft. I'm assuming we have 20 questions to get to later. <laughs> um, but the draft is going to be so interesting mm-hmm. because at 10, I truly believe they'll have the opportunity to make this defense look like one of the best defenses in the NFL right away. And you say, well, don't you need to help the offense? John's proven that, yeah, you, you can help the offense, but it doesn't mean you have to give all of the resources to the offense. You could even go defense first two rounds and then offense in the third round. Or, obviously, I'd probably right now defense in the first and offense in the second. How many points do you have to score to win a game? More than the other team. One more than you <laughs> give up. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. So if your defense is the best in the NFL, you can average 18 points a game and go 10-6. and six. If if these cornerbacks play the way they did last year, Ryan, we're going to be talking about a better cornerback group than when the Broncos had Akeeb, 
Chris, and Bradley Roby. Now, I, I could be wrong. I don't think Bradley Roby was ever ranking in the top 10 of corners. Top 10 of corners in the league. No, it was actually always the opposite. He was Everyone thought he was underappreciated because yeah. he was ranking in like the 30s. Yeah, exactly. Man, could you imagine? And here's the thing. Did they overpay for Kareem Jackson? I think it's actually probably fair market value. For, for the way he played last year and what he could be, especially when you break it down, it's a two-year, $23 million deal. Chris, one of the best values in the league. Probably the best value, non-rookie contract value in the league. Uh, and we'll talk about what needs to happen with him. And then Bryce Callahan, you're not overpaying at all. It's funny. So they're paying Bryce Callahan 7 and Kareem Jackson 11. Yep. If they would have been paying... Bryce Callahan 11 and Cream Jackson 7, no one would have batted an eye. Mm. And if they would have been paying both of them 9, right. everyone would say two great deals. Right, right. <laughs> In the end, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. So, yes, I'm sure that it sucks for guys to get injured in their contract year. And this cycle has really shown me don't ever you know go after a Le'Veon Bell for wanting to protect himself from getting injured. Sure. Now, he will will the money add up? After he passed up on $15 million last year, I don't know. I mean, if he would have stayed healthy and collected that and had a good year, he'd probably be making more money. Right. But Matt Paradis probably lost $3 million a year. And a lot in guarantees. And a lot in guarantees by getting injured. Bryce Callahan was one of the best corners in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. And he gets hurt, and it... it makes him go from double digit millions to seven million yep so i don't like i don't want to hear it about how a guy's trying to protect his check and you know he shouldn't be doing that because the injuries don't matter you're going to get paid anyway now certain guys do get paid anyway um but i'm not going to blame a guy for trying to protect himself in, in a contract year no way absolutely not and that's why that's why von miller uh there was very intense negotiations and obviously some heat on both sides when they were doing that. And then once once you get it all figured out, uh, when it, it's an internal thing like that, everyone's happy because you just understand that Vaughn was protecting himself. Um, and these other players, you see what happens when you don't get to do that uh, and, and it doesn't happen. And now for Bryce, yeah, three years, $21 million, any of us would take that. $10 million in guarantees, that's great. But for the contract that he could have got, it it's probably a lot less specifically in those guarantees. All right. There's a question here that kind of fits the whole conversation here. So I'll I'll read it right now from Brian. He says earlier in the week, Elway mentioned during one of the reporters questions that Chris Harris Jr. Isn't an immediate priority to be extended with Elway more and more recently walking away from aging pro, uh, pro bowl veterans. Is there any chance in Denver? Chris isn't extended anything you've heard on the down low. I just can't imagine a Broncos team without Chris Harris Jr. Anyway, hope all is well. P.S. The best tacos are obviously in Los Angeles. I know. I'm super Mexican. <laughs> Coming in from our Los Angeles insider there. <laughs> well, I'm, I love Los Angeles tacos, so I'm not even going to talk anything. I mean, Colorado doesn't have as good of tacos as it could. I mean, I can't even imagine. I, I wouldn't question him. I mean, especially now that he puts that he's an insider, but I wouldn't have questioned that. I made, makes some, sense. Ta- I made some tacos last night. Oh, what'd you do? Little... Uh, uh, chicken thighs. Okay. I've been moving away from the breasts. Mm. A little. I need a little more flavor. Okay. Uh, especially when I make my tacos. 
Um, do, then, you sh- do you shred them or you do trunk chunks? Chunks. Okay. And then a um, a little like tomatillo, green pepper, onion medley type mm, of thing in yeah, there. So it's almost yeah. like more of like a fajita taco. Right, right. Uh, I like to have a more of a punch in there. I love that. Um, and then some just some guac on top. Mm, keep it simple. Of course, had to go with the cheddar cheese shell. I was gonna ask, what what'd you go? Oh man, that's a uh, a keto staple. Did it turn out? You know what? I got a little aggressive with the cheese. Too much? I, I think I made it too thick. Mm. And then in turn, it was greasy. Okay. Which was kind of a bummer. Did it still form right, or did you have to go more tostada? No, it formed. Man. just You just got to hang it over something, let it, let it crisp up a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I just needed to like pat it down or something. Mm. That was the one sad part. You need to dry it off? Yeah. Get its own little cheese yeah. towel? In the end, though, <laughs> the uh, the chicken was perfect man that sounds amazing probably not as good as anything you can get in la but it was good I, I'm, a cheese shell it's probably hard to beat cheese shells are really good they're really good okay so is there any chance chris harris jr is not a bronco uh, unfortunately the only possible answer here is yes there is a chance Ab- absolutely and the way john has talked about chris has been the exact same this whole offseason it's well we haven't talked with chris yet or we're not thinking about it very much we want to get through free agency and the draft and see where we stand which ryan there's no other way to read that than he's being put on the back burner and if you're put on the back burner it means you're not priority a and if you're not priority a or in this case b or c since they signed kareem jackson and they signed bryce callahan and they spent money other places too then what are you you're you're not a priority and you can't say that he's going to be here forever or that they're going to get a contract extension done. Here's the thing, though. If you're win now, you can't. Chris Harris has to be on the back burner. Right. Because Chris Harris is already here now. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. So you are win now. You ha- it's it's more far more valuable for the Broncos in 2019 to have Bryce Callahan signed than Chris Harris Jr. signed. Right. And so the weird thing here uh, that creates a i don't know what the it creates a conflict for broncos fans is if kareem jackson and bryce callahan both have incredible seasons at corner yep and isaac yadam also develops those are all things broncos fans should want to happen right exactly if all if all three of those things happen chris harris jr is expendable mm-hmm. as stupid does that feels to say because i i He's a legend, you know, and so you you want to like you want to say like he's not expendable no matter what, but you talk about the Patriot way. Yep. If those three players have good seasons, and really only if two of them do, suddenly Chris is actually expendable. Or why why is John saying let's get through the draft? Is that what if Byron Murphy falls to the second round, or what if one of their top second round corners? falls to the third round to them. And this is a guy where they say, we can't pass up on him. He's too good of a value. You draft him, then let's say he has a good year, or behind the scenes, he has a really good year, and he's going to develop into the type of player you thought he could be. Then what are you doing? Are you paying $11 million to Chris? No, he's the expendable one. Because he's the one on a contract on a contract year. Yeah. And... I really hope this doesn't happen. The reason I hope it doesn't happen is because 
I want Chris, well maybe in a contract year he'll be he'll be you know diving in no matter what and right. it's not something that I would ever call into question for him but I just want him to be happy right not from like a like a I just broke up with someone <laughs> I just want him to be happy standpoint but like I think it's the best thing for the Broncos if Chris Harris Jr is super happy and he leads that corner group and you know is thinking about the Broncos not just Chris Harris Jr cuz mm-hmm. if you're in a contract year and the team has you know done four things that make it look like they're ready to move on from you it's human nature to just feel differently about you know the the logo when you're walking into the building in, in the morning well and here's the thing about Chris he is the leader of that secondary he could even be the leader of the defense you can make an argument for that and he could you could clearly make an argument that he's the leader of the team so yeah you you want to make him happy you want to make him feel appreciated I think he understands that he isn't you know fully appreciated by his contract right now from the Broncos and what's going on right now. Is this a play for the Broncos? Is this a big gamble where they could be saying Chris's value is as high as it's ever going to be? If he has another good season, his value is the exact same. In fact, maybe it's a tiny bit lower next year just because he's one year older, but his value is so high right now. Is this John Elway saying maybe he comes down a little bit and then we can get him on another sweetheart contract for him to end his end his career. And obviously it's a gamble because he could come back and just be another top five cornerback again, um, actually make the Pro Bowl and be an all-pro player this year. And then you're paying him just as much, and maybe he says, nope, I'm hitting the open market because you allowed me to. Yeah, how much Chris Harris Jr. wants to be in Denver is going to decide this whole thing. Yeah. Because I had heard that he kind of – and this was uh i i'm taking what i heard and putting it in my own words yeah he wants to make up for some lost money on this contract in his next contract Mm -hmm. and if he wants 12 million a year the the broncos aren't doing it and in fact most teams aren't doing that for a 30 plus year old corner right but all it takes is one all it takes is one and he's in the position where a team very similar to the Kareem Jackson signing can say, okay, we're signing him. He's our outside corner for a year or two or three. Let's say it's a three- or four-year deal. But we have this emergency plan where if he slows down, we'll just put him in the slot or we'll just we'll use him where he can play. And so we feel comfortable about giving him $12 million. Right. And so some team somewhere would probably do it. Yeah. So that's what I mean. If Chris wants to hit the open market to get a bunch of money, He's going to be able to do that. If he wants to stay in Denver, he's going to have to take a pay cut. And the Broncos are going to have a lot of negotiating power when they say, look, we've got two really good corners. Yep. Uh, we'd love to have you, Chris, but we have to do it at a rate that makes sense for us because we can't pay $35 million to the quarter cornerback group. Exactly right. And last week was a fantastic week for Chris Harris Jr. on the field. Off the field, it was it was a bad week if he wants to stay in Denver because on the field, Kareem Jackson, uh, a very good outside corner. Now it'll it'll make the quarterbacks look Chris's way more, which will give him more opportunities to make more plays. And then Bryce Callahan, a fantastic slot cornerback. Chris wants to stay on the outside, so this will allow him to stay on the outside. So great week for him on the field. Off the field, they just spent all the money. 
that they could spend in the cornerback room this year. Unless they just want to lock that up because, yeah. like we said, they still ha- somehow still have some money. They can afford to extend Chris Harris Jr. right now on this year's cap. Because what? They're already going to owe they already owe him in the 8 to 10 range this, this year? year? Yep. So, even if if even if they extend him, that's not going to change very much. Right. Exactly. So they can afford it. It's it's do they want to spend 10 million dollars 11 million dollars a year on Chris Harris Jr., 11 million dollars a year on Kareem Jackson and 7 million dollars a year on on um Bryce Callahan and and we're waiting to see the cap numbers for this year on Bryce Callahan Jeff Hireman Zach Kerr but just with the Broncos two free agent signings earlier this week or I guess last week now they spent 29 million dollars in cash on those two signings of Juwan James and Kareem Jackson do they have the money just the cash right now to sign Chris because that would be a huge selling point for Chris is look Chris uh, you're gonna take another bit of a hometown discount. Let's say it's ten million dollars per year instead of twelve or nine million. But we're gonna give you so much money in cash right now. The Broncos just honestly may not have the cash to do that. The smart thing to do right now would be to front load the contract and lower the cap hit. Do the opposite of what you've done with these other con uh, right. contracts. Front load it. Say, hey, this is your you know lifetime achievement bonus. Right. We're gonna give you fifteen million dollars up front this year. And then, you know, it, it tapers off at the end and there's an out for the team in year three. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You hope, I just hope they find a way to do it because if you, I just feel like you you need Chris Harris Jr. Um, to, to feel like the Broncos are his team forever. I completely agree with the type of leader he is, the type of player, what he means to this team. But John said, wait till after the draft before we have any of these talks. Is there any chance he just meant like into, we have to sign all those guys and, and so we need to make sure we have $8 million left or whatever and you can move that stuff around too so that can really be five if you <laughs> yeah. want it to be. Um, but is there any chance he meant that or do you really think he meant, well, we'll see how, impo- how much of a priority it is to sign a 31-year-old corner after we see what type of players we get. From everything he's said, I think that's what he's saying. Now, it could it could mean let's just really get through the first, second, and third wave of free agency, uh, and he didn't want to be asked the question three times, which now he's been asked the question three times. Um, but it's, it's just interesting how every time he said that, it's let's wait until after everything. All right, well, let's wait until after this break to get to the questions. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. 
they've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. BSN Broncos podcast here on a Monday coming to you from the Mile High City. And make sure you guys keep an eye on bsndenverlocker.com this week. Nothing Broncos, but still some sweet, sweet stuff coming your way uh so i know you guys will be excited and and we w- uh don't has don't worry uh you will you will be getting your free shirts if you subscribed using the promo code bronco so maybe uh if maybe you're you, you need some rocky swag for for the uh for the summer oh man let me tell you i got a little sneak preview you'll be wanting it as always we brought the heat um real quick before we dive into the questions we haven't uh, just the awkward timing of that Friday presser. We haven't had time to talk much about it. What were your main takeaways just quickly from that day? First takeaway, Joe Cool. I mean, Joe Flacco, he is a franchise quarterback. He's used to it, dealing with the media. He's cool, calm, and collected. Uh, and and he, he's a guy who teammates are going gravi- to gravitate toward and play for. And also, the biggest takeaway from what he said, man, he's, he's Joe Cool in the moment. And that's why John Elway brought him in. John Elway didn't bring him in to put up the stats and to lead the team to every single victory. He brought him in because if he puts a competitive team around Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco is going to be able to step up in the big moments just like he's done throughout his career. I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm so sick of people trying to take (laughs) one thing and turn it into something else because I (laughs) tweeted that out. And... You wouldn't believe the amount of responses I got that were like, Mark Sanchez was good in press conferences too. Brock Osweiler was good in press conferences too. That doesn't mean anything about their play on the field. Yeah. And I'm like, where did I say it means anything about his play on the field? Right. All I did was share an observation from a press conference. <laughs> so annoying. Well, everyone thinks Aaron Rodgers is really good, right? I mean, some people out there are crazy to think that. Yeah, he's pretty good. Joe Flacco has the same winning percentage is Aaron Rodgers. And like I said, it's not going to be the stats that that make Joe Flacco talked about. It's going to be that drive in the fourth quarter that maybe doesn't even set up a touchdown. It sets up a game-winning field goal. Yeah, and and I wrote about this. Um, so go check out the story on bsndiver.com. We've just been flooding flooding you guys with content uh, over the weekend and and really going back to you know the beginning of free agency here. But um, my biggest takeaway was that he is happy to be here. Mm. He is not just roaming on into Denver, <laughs> you know, with a with a 12-pack of beer <laughs> saying, I'm going to, you know, hang out by myself, yep. leave the family back in Baltimore, do some weeknight drinking, <laughs> and cash in on um, over a million dollars every week that I step out there on the field. Yep. No, man. He's here to win. Yes. And I tr- – like – I be- I truly believe I got I can read that off of him. He is not just here to be here. He's not just here because he wants to extend his career a couple more years, collect a couple paychecks, and call it a day. Because like Jay Cutler went down to Miami, took ten million dollars, went like six and ten, <laughs> and was happy and went home. Um, Joe Flacco is here to prove a point. He's here to win football games, and he too believes what John Elway believes 
which is that it, it could just be getting started for him. What happened to him last year was flat out embarrassing and it was humiliating. Now, I think his wife w- was a, a big reason that saved him and kind of kept him above water through that whole time. Uh, apparently, she would just tease him the entire time that he was a backup. I'm sure she let him know that Lamar Jackson can't really throw the ball, and he was his backup. So I think that really helped him get him through. But You got any like jo- guesses on what a joke might have sounded like? Because I was thinking she, w- she like reached up, grabbed uh, a jar of marinara sauce and was like, honey, can you actually, never mind. I'll just get Lamar to open it. (laughs) I bet it was that exactly. (laughs) Uh, I mean, geez, she sounds like a a pretty funny, funny gal. You probably need that humor when you have five kids under five years old. Seriously. I mean, that's two full-time jobs. That's that's five full-time jobs. Do you think he wanted one for every, so he could match his jersey number? (laughs) And now he's got to get the rings to match that. I believe it's four boys and a girl. Wow. Wow. So That girl's going to be taken care of. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Other things. For me, Juwan James looks like what a tackle's supposed to look like. Man, he looks like he's like a slightly oversized tight end. He does. In the sense that he looks like an athlete and that looks like exactly what the broncos want i mean he's going to be able to physically do anything the broncos want him to do and that's a prototypical tackle that's what i want my tackles to look like he and his wife are going to have some athletic children holy cow she is an all-american softball player she says they have great ping pong battles although she's better (laughs) Um, she did give him the nod said that said that he was a better athlete than her, but he said that she's a better athlete than him. She gave him the nod in running. And again, just speaking of what the Broncos are going to do on the field, that's dangerous. Yeah, he can move. My final one here, Juwan James is a businessman. Mm. He is here on business. Mm. He's not really about the games or the, the goofy questions or anything like that. He's here to play ball. Yeah. Like, I got very, I just, he was, everything was business-like. And she, his wife is from Colorado. Her family's Juwan. still, yeah, yeah. Juwan's I was wi- talking about uh, Kareem Jackson. Oh, Kareem, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Juwan's wife is from Colorado, and I didn't really get the sense that they came to Denver because of her family. It, it really seemed like um, he was here for football reasons. Yeah, that was an added bonus. Yeah. I think, um... For some reason, they said they love to go to Three Margaritas. That's their like, go-to <laughs> restaurant. I was like, you all got to listen to the BSN Broncos podcast. We'll get you hooked up with some better places to eat. Especially Mexican food. Yeah. Wait, so something, I mean, it's just a classic spot. Exactly. Exactly. It. But Kareem Jackson, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. He was all business. Yes. Even the suit was like business-like. Yeah. Um, he's, he's here on a business trip. And with him... I think a lot of people, especially, I mean, the NFL's website, uh, the Texans' website listed him as a safety. So a lot of people think that he's a safety that can also play corner and that's going to play corner for the Broncos. Well, I asked him uh, what position he is, and he kind of was like, I can play everything. And I said, when people ask you, what position do you play? He said, I would say cornerback first. So to me, boom, just end it there. He can also play safety, but he considers himself a cornerback. So if you were worried that 
that they were going to be putting him in a position where he's maybe not the most comfortable? No, just get that out of your head. His play at cornerback just earned him $11 million. So I'd be saying I'm a uh, cornerback as well. Exactly. Because safeties aren't getting that money. Well, some safeties are getting that money. Most safeties aren't getting that type of money. Exactly. All right, let's jump into the questions here because we have plenty. The first one comes in from Lindsay MVP 2020 Says, good day, guys. I love rocking my BSN Lindsay t-shirt here in Sydney, Australia. Last year, I jumped on the OTA hype train and bought a Case Keenum Broncos jersey. <laughs> now I use it to mow the lawns. How? Oh, you got lawns. I see. That was a slight flex. Just a little flex. Says, how long should I wait until going all in on a Flacco jersey? And what would Joe have to do for BSN to make a Flacco t-shirt? Go Broncos. Mm, I could see one being in the works. Maybe not now, but uh, I mean, it's, he's the guy. Here's the thing. If you want to get a Flacco jersey, you'll certainly get more ROI on that than you got from Keenum. I can <laughs> promise you that. Um, but I would say that for him to warrant a BSN t-shirt, the Broncos are going to have to get out to a hot start. Because in the end, the fans right now don't believe in Joe Flacco yet. Now, right. I think they're slowly but surely coming around, as everyone always does. I mean, Joe Flacco had the fans in the palm of his hand by training camp. But Case or, I mean, yeah. it's not Case Keenum. Mark Sanchez. Oh, there you go. Yep. Got really confusing. <laughs> Mark Sanchez had the fans in the palm of his hand by, by training camp. Um, so they'll come around on him. But there's going to have to be some winning done here before I think the fans totally buy in on Flacco. Man, I can, I can picture a pretty cool shirt for him, though, once that happens. Uh, in terms of a jersey, uh, you, it's definitely a better investment than the Keenum one. But to me, there's a lot of other guys that you can get fun jerseys with with the Broncos. Yeah, but everyone unless you're just a quarterback quarterback. guy, yeah, I mean he's gonna be five, right? It's gotta be five. Gotta be. Definitely gotta be five, unless he has some thing that he like wants to prove or some you know he has some symbolic number that he wants to use. You know what number he was at Delaware? Probably five. I would think so. As a first-round pick quarterback, you'd probably get to pick what number you want coming into the NFL. Well, like, remember when Kobe was was 24 because right. he wanted to be one over Jordan. Right. Who would he want to be one? What if he's 19 because he wants to be one over Peyton? Or 13? <laughs> <Or> eight. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Don't wear eight. Eight's a trash number. <laughs> um, next one here is from Yeti Roar. I totally agree with you guys on your rationale regarding Elway and drafting a quarterback and rebuilding. That being said, RK, you definitely misunderstood the motivation for my question and concerns. This was so long ago, I don't know what that was. Uh, I don't view a single player on this roster as untradeable, and I never would short of a quarterback, to be honest. The Patriots have this down, and that's just how you win. I agree that Vaughn and Chris won't be around in a rebuild. Oh, now I'm remembering his question. Um, And I'm actually wishing they would trade both of them sooner than later to start storing up first-round picks. I'm confused. We're going like every way. He said something like, why wouldn't you start now? Because you still have Vaughn and Chris in the prime of their career. And I thought he was saying, like, start now so that you can still have Vaughn and Chris by the time the rebuild is done. Mm. He was saying, start now because you need to get the most value from Vaughn and Chris. Gotcha. Start a rebuild? Yeah, it's too late. Gotcha. Yep, too late. Not going down that route. Just did a little bit of research. Joe Flacco was five at Delaware. And Delaware's the one with the Michigan type uniforms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the safety this year. Yeah, uh, Nasir Adderley. Yep, exactly. Yeah, he's, I like him. Yeah. And they just re signed another Delaware blue hen in Zach Kerr. 
You're exactly right. There you go. Bringing the Delaware group down to Denver. The Blue Hens. <laughs> yep. Great name. All right, from Jake Chris. I think it's time to give John Gruden some credit. Everybody laughed when you traded Cooper and Mac, and now they have five firsts in the next two years and the flexibility to make huge swings in free agency, as we saw. Pains me to say, but I think the Broncos have set at the bottom of the division until we rebuild properly. No Band-Aids. Wow. So they don't want – I got it. Okay, so uh, Jake, do you think these moves are Band-Aid moves? Because I could see an argument there at the quarterback position. I understand that. Kareem Jackson, I don't see him as a Band-Aid. Um, Bryce Callahan, certainly not a Band-Aid. And Juwan James, I don't see him as a Band-Aid. Because he's he's the the future there at right tackle. Now there is a chance that he doesn't pan out. I I I, I think there's certainly maybe not a bust factor there, but just a guy who who doesn't end up being that long term option. But I don't see these as band aid moves. None of them are, except for potentially Flacco. But the Broncos don't view Flacco as a band aid. Right. They view him as their quarterback for the next three to seven years. Exactly. So. Uh, I, I don't see Band-Aid there, but going back to John Gruden, I'm not giving John Gruden any credit until they start winning. And here's the thing about first-round picks. I mean, I, I think in the end, when you take a step back and look what look what he accumulated and what he traded for for Antonio Brown, I think he's done well in the trades. But what is it, 50%, not even 50% of first-round picks pan out? So if they hit on three first-round picks and they really hit on them, well, then John Gruden probably won in the end, and then the Raiders are dangerous. There's a chance they hit on number four this year, and that's it. Who are their pass rushers? Nada. Ah, they still don't have them. <laughs> so once you, like, if you get a Khalil Mack-esque player this year, and all of a sudden you have, you know, big time. Didn't they get one of the, did they get D Ford? Did they? I don't. Justin I don't think so. No, uh, D Ford went to San Francisco, oh, so right. Bay Area. Okay, yep. and then Justin didn't they? They I thought they got someone. I don't know. Either where Houston way, went. until they start winning games, I'm not giving anyone credit for anything because you still traded away two of your three best players, and again, it might look great, but you still have to hit on the draft picks. Uh, you got to make it work with Antonio Brown. Trent Brown has to pan out to be a 16 million dollar tackle or something in that range, right? And not a bust without, you know, Skarnekia and Brady on his side. So, look, he has turned he has turned those moves into players so far. But those players were really good. So let, let's see you turn those them into good players. What he's done this offseason is turn everyone from clowning the Raiders to saying, okay, maybe, maybe they have a chance. Maybe the plan is coming together. But you know what? It's still maybe and coming together. So we don't know yet. Yeah, and until they have Kyler Murray, which they very well might, I don't believe in their quarterback. So good luck. They're on the fringe right now. And they're on the fringe of the Browns. They could go the way of the Browns the past two decades and completely fall off and be an embarrassment and be a clown show. Or they could go the way of the Browns of how they're going right now. Now, maybe not to that extent, but obviously the Brown, the Browns are the team. Everyone wants to watch the Browns. They're going to be on. Uh, they're going to have the most prime time games, and you know, so exciting. They could go that way in a year or two. For sure, we'll see how it goes. 
For Mr. Freeze, have either of you guys ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? It's basically a meat buffet. They continuously bring around skewers with different types of meat to try, from steaks to chicken to pork to lamb. I ate a Brazilian flap steak that I think about every day. I'm not sure there's. I'm sure there's at least one in Denver that you could try out. Okay, so mm. yes, absolutely. Yep. Um, for Valentine's Day this year, actually, I went to Fogo de Chao, and it was off the chain. Mm. Um, all the steaks were fantastic. It's perfect for keto mm-hmm. because it's just meat. <laughs> yep. Uh, maybe a little <laughs> too meat heavy for keto, but still, it's no carbs. Um, no such thing as too meat heavy. Well, kind of. Okay. You can okay. go too too hard on the protein, but. They had this thing there. It was Parmesan pork. But when I say Parmesan, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I tell you, they put this thing in a Parmesan pool <laughs> and then wrapped it in a Parmesan blanket. Uh, 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 uh. And I was blown away. It was so good. So it's pretty... What Was it crispy? Was it like melted on there? It was like... Have you ever seen um, uh, Reclette? Do you know what that is? It's I have a French, no idea. It's a French thing where they take a wheel of cheese and okay. they put this like, um, <laughs> they put this like flame thing on top of it that heats up the top layer okay. and like melts it instantly. And then they just take like this giant like knife or like thing and you have a bowl of potatoes and they just like put like a giant helping oh of melted cheese gosh. on top of the potatoes. You gotta stop. That sounds way too good. So what they did was replace the potatoes with, with pork. Oh man. It was literally just like pork in like a pool of melted Parmesan and it was. How were they incredible. walking around and slicing that off? Yeah, it kind of like hardened around the outside. Hardened oh isn't the right word gosh. though, but. Then they just kind of popped it off. I oh. had like three helpings of it. Oh my goodness, that sounds amazing! So that's how you balance out the the meat. There is you just make sure Jeez. that what you get has the parmesan. There's on also it. all you can eat salad bar. Mmm, man, it's a little pricey, but and space bar chimes in on that specifically and says Fogo de Chao is my favorite Brazilian steakhouse. I've now gone there in Atlanta, Denver, Scottsdale, San Antonio, Austin, Houston, Dallas. Minneapolis, Chicago, Philadelphia, New York City, and Washington, D.C. Another slight flex. (laughs) That's a pretty big flex right there. The first time I took my wife to Fogo to Chow, then my girlfriend, you you looked at me when the meat started coming and said, I hope you look at me the same way. (laughs) Wow. That's a... that's a lot of places. He oh, must and Boston. For work. He chimes in and Boston. And Boston. <laughs> He's been to everyone in the country. That is impressive. I love that place. Um, there's also another, there's at least one other one. No, there's two other ones in the Denver area. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, now, is that a thing in Brazil? Couldn't tell you. Never. <laughs> but we when, do have listeners who could tell us we'll that. We'll need an insider to let us know if this is such a foreign concept to them. They're like, no, this is not a Brazilian thing. They're like, they just started this thing and they wanted to make it sound cooler. So they just called it Brazilian. Because in Ireland, there's no such thing as green beer from what I've heard from, from people up there. Now, may, maybe it's, you know, carried its way from America to there now. But for St. Patrick's Day, that was an American thing. I mean... Uh, from from my understanding, St. Patrick's Day isn't even that big of a deal. It's in true. Ireland. <laughs> yeah, it's just another excuse. We love a good excuse <laughs> to get drunk here in America. Exactly. We will take anything and everything you have. <laughs> I was just telling people, like, I don't know if, if this happens in other cities. I should say, not only does America love a great excuse for drinking, 
Denver mm. loves a great excuse to drink. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are drinking cities around the around the you know the country. Like Chicago comes to mind as a really big drinking city. Yeah, but Denver is fast rising those ranks. And I was I don't know if this is as big of a deal as it is everywhere else, but opening day in Denver oh. has nothing to do with baseball for like ninety five percent of people. No, it's become a drinking holiday. Yeah, and you will see people completely take work off that are not baseball fans oh, that yeah. just want to be downtown getting hammered. Oh, opening day in, in the Rockies and Denver do such a good job because the home opener, they always make it no matter how the schedule comes out. The Rockies always get the home opener that Friday afternoon. Yep. Well, it's a trade they make. So you can mm. essentially trade. We don't, we don't need to open the season at home. Right. If we can open the season on a Friday. Right. Yep. And they play two road series before even coming home because they want that so bad. Yeah. Because it's incredible. It's it's amazing. And and speaking of, I mean, St. Patrick's Day, the big party this year in Denver was in a freaking parking lot. And it was the thing to be at. The lines were ridiculous. And you're in a parking lot. It was so big that we were both there and we <laughs> didn't even know it. Exactly. <laughs> or as people called it, just we, we we partied in a wet parking lot. St. Parking's Day. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like people just love a good excuse to drink in Denver. And opening day has just become a, like a statewide holiday. I can't wait. So this week, Thursday and Friday, started the tournament, NCAA. Then the next week, there's more tournament. And I think the week after that is it's opening, opening day. day. And I just got my tickets. There you all, man. Because I do care a little bit about the baseball. <laughs> You'll be there for festivities beforehand, though, I'm sure. If by beforehand you mean like 8 a.m., There we yes. go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next one here. Uh, you want to take the next one? Next one coming in from... Sil Ford. Sil Ford says, hey, guys, just in regards to offensive line, you keep saying you're uncomfortable about the players and they're just not safe. The draft is frequently brought up as a solution to make you feel more comfortable. To me, this is insane because the Broncos just drafted a first-round left tackle, and he's a bust. Okay, he's not a bust yet, but he was a tackle the Broncos loved and wanted, and he's just not very good right now. Why would you have any faith that a rookie left tackle can walk in day one and just lock down the spot, especially as this draft doesn't sound like it has any excellent left tackles? I'd rather have Munchak coach up the first-round talent on the team and hope for the best than to just draft a new guy and hope he's substantially better than Bulls. Hence why we have to get Devin Bush at 10. Okay, so this is the natural progression, right? I have lots of thoughts. First of all, it was started at Devin White at 10, right? Mm-hmm. Then Devin White. Now the, the narrative is that Devin White's going to be gone by 10. Yep. We've reached the Devin Bush at 10 narrative. Yep. It's only a matter of hours before <laughs> we hit Devin Bush will be gone by 10. Yeah, until the Bills are drafting him at 9. Yep. So just beware. It's true. Um, okay. So let me just ask you this, Silforge. Why ever draft a quarterback again? Because you drafted a Paxton Lynch and he was a bust. Mm, yeah. You have to eventually draft a tackle again because you didn't get it right. Yeah. So you got to go back to the well. Now, I'm not saying that's where they're going. And it all signs do point to them going linebacker, or at least that's what conventional thinking would tell you. Which is scary. 
I would not be so sure of that. Everyone feels way sure of it. In fact, everyone's so sure about that it's making me less sure of it. <laughs> um, I think offensive line is very much in in the uh, the cards. They could definitely go offensive line because did you catch John Elway when he was asked how important is it to solidify the offensive line to get the most out of Joe Flacco? One word answer, two word answer, very important. Period. End of end of question. Yeah. Well, we know they're not going to get more offensive linemen in the draft or in free agency. They can't afford it, and there's no good ones left. To me, that says they're getting an offensive lineman in the draft. Mm-hmm. Now, is it the first, second, third? I don't know, but they're getting a guy that they believe can come in and help right away. I I truly think that. I I believe so as well. Uh, and he knows what Joe Flacco has had in Baltimore, and that's been a good offensive line. Now he's going to try to get him more weapons than Joe Flacco's had right now, maybe very similar to the way Flacco was built. But, hey, you know how the Ravens were also built? With a really good defense and with this quarterback that can work well in tight clutch situations. They're building this just like Baltimore, and that's how John has wanted to win and has been successful in winning as a general manager is is with this formula. I guess winning big with the Super Bowls. So um, that that's what they're doing. Hang now on. I just want to ask you a quick question. Oh, are you going to um, answer more? Just on touch him? touch on this one specifically. Okay, go for it. Um, I wouldn't draft a quarterback in the twenties. I'd also be very skeptical drafting uh, an offensive tackle being the first one off the board in the twenties. That's it's not the case this year. It's a better group. Maybe it's not the best tackle group ever, but it's a better group than the one you drafted Bulls. There's a lot of deep groups. Quarterback is not really one of them, and offensive line isn't really one of them. Exactly. Quarterback's deeper than everyone thought, in my opinion, but still, it's not. Neither of those positions are that deep. So I understand where you're coming from on that, Silforge. I just say like, you can't have your weakest link on your line be your left tackle. No. That's a bad position to be in. Real quick, I just want to ask you this. Based on the information that has become available to us the last couple of years, mm-hmm. how many games will it, would it have to be before you would you would buy into Joe Flacco and the Broncos? Eight. <laughs> Eight games. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Now, I know that won't be true once it actually happens. No. Like, if the Broncos started 5-1, and one, there's no way you're going to be like – Hold on, guys. (laughs) Wait until week eight before we can say they're legit or not. But until week eight, there's going to just be this little bit in the back of your mind that thinks, oh, God, please not again. Absolutely. And and you're right. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard either way to let your foot off off the off the brake and, and, and let it roll. But also just trying to be pumping people back when they're five and one or something like that. Maybe maybe it's the fifth game. If they win that fifth game, if they lose it, if they're four and oh, and they lose that fifth game, uh oh. You're jumping Uh-oh. off. <laughs> if they're three and one and win that fifth game, book your tickets. Yeah, it's just funny to think about because two years <laughs> yeah. in a row now it's been. It was was it four and zero? Oh? Three years in a row. Three years, four in a row, four and zero oh the first year. Yep. Three and one the second year. Three and one the third year. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Something imagine, in the water. Imagine that in the first twelve, in the first four games of the last three seasons, the Broncos have been ten and two. Wow. And missed the playoffs all three years. Oh, wow. 10 and 2. So if they continue that this year, they'll be 13 and 3. Yeah, a full or season. Or 14 and 2. A full season. How about season. that? <laughs> Crazy. All right, from Den 18 Broncos 1 fan. 
Hey guys, sorry about my hard to read username. You can just call me Josh if you want. I just watched the Broncos introductory press conference. Jackson seemed really football savvy, kind of like a toned down Aqib Tlaib. I think he'll get along well with Chris Harris. James seems like one of those guys who greets people as you walk into a church. <laughs> I mean that in the best possible way. Uh, both of those players and Joe seem like great locker room guys and solid players. By the way, I'm on keto as well, Ryan. You staying strong motivates me to stay strong. There you go. Stay strong, my guy. Staying strong. Now, does is Guinness is? I've heard people say Guinness is one of the healthiest beers out there. Does it really? have low carbs? Couldn't tell you. Didn't drink any Guinness this weekend. There you go. Then you don't have to worry. You know about what it. has zero carbs? What? Jameson. <laughs> so you went the Irish route. Exactly. There you go. Yep. Exactly. Go ahead. I, I guess there was no question there, huh? Uh, no, but I agree with all of his points. Yeah, I agree. Good, good locker room guys that the Bronx have got in continuing the trend that they started last year. Next one coming in from Bleed Orange and Blue. RK and Zach, I appreciate you explaining the Talib release and why it makes sense. The Band-Aid team to me means putting in a player that will be on your team for two years max until you find a better solution. Since the Super Bowl championship year, many, if not most, Elway moves have that he's made have been the Band-Aid route. This year, it's more of the same. Flacco, Jackson, maybe James. I want Elway to go guns blazing like he did with the 2014 free agency. I know you have have to have the cap space to make moves like that. However, it made the team Super Bowl champion two years later. I just want to know where Elway's gunslinger mentality went. P.S. Since Mile High doesn't have a sponsor for the stadium, maybe they just should consider Band-Aid. Welcome, folks, to the Band-Aid Stadium at Mile High. Will. Woo! Man. Well, first of all, I think this comment came in before the Bryce Callahan signing. Okay. But once that once that signing happened, Zach, I don't really think there's any way you couldn't say John Elway went guns blazing this offseason. Yeah, he spent the money. He spent the cash. He spent the cap. And trade to get a quarterback. Man, now I guess you can make an argument that all of these moves could be two years or under moves. I mean, Bryce Callahan... Um, only $10 million guaranteed. Kareem Jackson, two-year 23, if you just look at the guarantees. Juwan James, you'd have a little bit of cap hit in year three of dead money, but yeah, most of it's in, in the first two years. And here's what I'll say is, unless you're signing a guy to a five-year deal, that's how pretty much all contracts are going to be. There's going to be an out after two years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I understand you're making an argument and you backed it up really well. But pretty much every move that's being made is that. I agree. And I think John Elway is guns blazing. As guns blazing as I've seen him since that offseason when he signed to Lee Ward, where, and whoever else. Uh, that was, this is, is as, as aggressive as he's been. But Zach, something changed that allowed this to happen. Mm. What is it? What is it? The coaching staff. Mm. Was there a single guy on the Broncos coaching staff in the last two years that a player would have said, I'm coming here to work with him. Bill Kolar? Bill Kolar is more of a guy is when you're around him, then you're like, wow, this guy makes me better. I hate him at times, but he makes me better. So I don't even, I don't even think so. I think wide receivers are saying like, man, can't wait to work with Zach Azani. No, no, no disrespect to Zach Tyke Tolbert. Tyke Tolbert. No. Um, no, I don't We're think so. Were linebackers saying, like, I got to go work with Reggie Herring? No. Were offensive linemen saying, I got to work with this hodgepodge three 
their two coach system. Now maybe maybe you make the case that someone said that about Wade Phillips. Yeah, I think a lot of guys would have said I, I want to, but Wade Phillips also became that guy, kind of, and everyone knew he was a good defensive coordinator, but he became like legendary defensive coordinator with that 2015 Broncos defense. Right. So yeah, I mean no. That's what changed. Is suddenly Mike Munchak is a pull, and that's how you got Juwan James. Suddenly Vic Fangio is a pull, and that's how you got Bryce Callahan, and that's how you got Kareem Jackson, and suddenly. Zach Kerr is sitting there saying, man, they're making big moves over here. I want to be a part of this defense. This defense is going to be dirty. Yep. That wasn't happening before. Vic Fangio being here and Mike Munchak being here changed the entire dynamic of free agency. And it's clear one week in that these guys are already having an impact. Nice. There's some good offseason moves there, too, for John Elway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next one coming in from Trade for Rosen. He says, okay, RK and Zach, obviously I'm ecstatic for the way free agency ended up. Honestly, I wouldn't change anything. Devin Bush or Devin, Bush or Devin White or defensive line at 10. My question is, would you? If you started over with the amount of money spent, would you do anything differently? Also, did they spend too much money? Does Wolf or Sanders have to go, or did they squeak it in? Keep up the great work. Apparently, they can do whatever they want. So, I don't think Wolf or Sanders <laughs> has to go. Yeah, I agree. Um, I It doesn't seem like right now either of those guys has to go. What they could do is, because they're backloading um, a few of these contracts, what they could do is, let's say Wolf or Sanders, specifically with Sanders, he doesn't look like the player that, that they were hoping he was going to be. They could cut him whenever and then carry over that $8 million in cap savings. They could carry that over to next year to help with the contracts that get a little bigger next year. Now, I, I don't project that because that's not a win-now move. That's, that isn't an always up repertoire. But let's say Sanders does have a setback. You could do that. Jared Cook found a home, right? Did he sign? I know I, he, w- he was visiting the Saints this weekend. I don't know if he locked in a deal. Let's find out what Jared Cook is up to. Because he you, asked if we would change anything. Mm. And I might say, nope, he's still out there. Jared Cook's still out there. I might have gone the Jared Cook route instead of one of one of Kareem Jackson or Bryce Callahan. I love both of those guys, and I totally get why the Broncos did it. But to me, I would have taken a chunk of that money and the money you gave to Jeff Hireman and given it to Jared Cook. Yeah, now that money's not a thing, just don't give the two-year, $9 million contract to Jeff Hireman and give it to Jared Cook. Hey. Now that money's not a thing, just sign Jared Cook on top of all these guys. And cut Jeff Hireman. <laughs> now, yeah. Whatever. Hope that ink hasn't dried. Wipe wipe the signature off. Whatever it is. I, I just, I mean, money doesn't matter, so just sign whoever you want. <laughs> all right, let's take a break right here because money does matter to us. And we need to get some from our sponsors that you're about to hear from. When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area. If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency hands down is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. 
That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow-up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one-time-a-year follow-up that he will sit back and review your file with you. Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person to not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. Final segment here on the BSN Broncos podcast. It's it's funny how these podcasts just get longer and longer in the off season, uh, but hopefully you guys enjoy the extra time in the car or wherever you listen to the podcast because uh, we certainly enjoy going long on these babies. All right, the next question here comes in from Chilongo Bronco. He says, "Hey guys, just got a little concerned that you've been discussing a lot of injuries without t- touching wood. Please stop that. You're making me nervous. Here is a did it official wood touching to cure all of our sins. We both did it. We have atoned." Uh, also, please, Zach, never say that Elway is going to get Blake Bortles again. I understand that it was used as an example, but just please don't. I think uh, Blaine Gabbert's also out there now. That could be another option. Mm, hey. Yes, former first-round pick. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, he says, thanks, guys. P.S. Should we still say goodbye with much love now that Pecco is gone? Mm. Is Pecco gone? Mm. With Zach Kerr back, I think it means less likely that he comes back. Okay. But yeah, he's still out there. What if he just wants to come back on the vet men? Because no, there's no market out there. Yeah, and the Broncos will be no in no rush to do that. So sure. Much love either way. <laughs> uh, next one's from Rich Dude, which is just a slight flex right there in his name. <laughs> I watched Dolphins, and I watched the Dolphins, and James is a better pass blocker than run blocker, like by far a better pass blocker. My two cents. Huh? That's that's not what a lot of other things say. Yeah, it's not what I saw. Yeah. Um, he's a good pass blocker, but he's at best when he, when they get him out on the move um, and give him a chance to use his athleticism in the run blocking game. Exactly, exactly. Next one. From- and by the way, uh, there's a film room on that on bsndenver.com, so go check out um, go check out that film and- room. Andre is fantastic. Next one coming in from 702 Pilot says, hey, guys, well – well, guess my last question got answered, and we boosted our secondary to combat the offenses in our division. I'm now very torn on what to do in the draft. I love Devin White, but with so much focus on defense and free agency, seems like we will turn to offense in the draft with O-line. I have a ton of faith in Munchak. People forget that he turned a former West Point grad who was a tight end in college and tried to be a defensive end in the NFL into a Pro Bowl left tackle. We need to maybe allow him to do his thing and focus attention elsewhere. I like drafting a tight end later with still signing, with still getting a linebacker early and possibly defensive line. Maybe depth at O-line and wide receiver third round area. Thoughts? Love the pod in all caps. We love you too. Um, so what are, what, what are our thoughts on here? Getting a linebacker and possibly D-line and then O-line and wide receiver in the third? Then you're really putting off what you kind of started with was helping Munchak out. Um, I I could see John Elway going all in on defense. I could really see him doing that, saying, 
we got Joe Flacco, Juwan James, and we're going to get him maybe another starting offensive lineman in the third, but maybe just depth and just build on defense. I could yeah, see that. I, I, see I, don't, sure. I don't think Elway thinks he needs to correct and, and go on the offensive side. Linebacker at 10, defensive line in the second, Stop Andy Isabella it. in the third. Stop it. Man. That now you're putting a lot of what faith. About if Ed Oliver is there at ten. Yeah, man, that's disruptive. So disruptive. Shelby Harris, Ed Oliver, Woo. Derek Wolf. Figure out a way to get them all on the on the line at the same time. I love it. I let you add that pass rush with your outside guys and your cornerbacks. That's the one. That's my new dark horse. Ed, just defensive line. Because everyone's talking about linebacker. No one's talking about offensive line. We've already said that's a dark horse. There has to be at least three options. So it's linebacker, defensive line, or offensive line. And I I like Ed Oliver. Man, if Ed Oliver is there at 10. That's a very John Elway pick. Last year, he was going into the season. He was regarded by many as the best player in the draft. Yep. And then some weird off-the-field stuff, I guess kind of on-the-field stuff happened. And from who you talk to, some people say there there's more concerns than just that. I've heard a lot of people say that the off the field and personality concerns are were way overblown just because of that one incident that got caught on camera and that was very public. So the only so the only thing there is there's two linebackers. There's two in the draft. Right. Exactly. And I know we've talked about Hanks, but he's probably not a start right away guy plug-and-play guy for Vic for Vic I I just have a hard time seeing Vic Fangio going into the season with Todd and Josie as his starting two he he said it he said it himself what if you Ryan we don't like saying just see see who falls to you in the second round but with this defensive line there really could be someone that falls through the cracks And, and maybe you trade up in the beginning of the second round but what if you get one of the Devons in the first and then truly get a first-round defensive player, defensive lineman, in the second round. It's possible. Because defensive line is probably the deepest position in the draft, yep. and people are going to reach on some less deep positions in the first round. Exactly. So that's that's a position where I'm okay dreaming a little bit. Exactly. Um, but, man, having Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver, Bradley Chubb, Von Miller. That's just going to be the move where the AFC West says, oh, no. Or, or or one of the Devons. They're going to say, oh, no. If you go out and get a tackle, they're going to say, okay. I'd love to know what AFC West defensive coordinator said when the Broncos acquired Joe Flacco. Hmm. We know how the Broncos feel about him. They're very, right. very high on Joe Flacco internally. Right. Is there is, – out there, were they saying, damn, solid upgrade? Were they saying, LOL? Were they saying, okay, whatever, it doesn't matter? I think probably pretty indifferent because they, just in in my opinion, they probably view him as, okay, we knew the Broncos were going to do something in quarterback. This and getting a rookie for the next few years, eh. Yeah, I think so too. All right, moving on here for Mr. Freeze. With the Callahan addition, it really seems like the Broncos are setting themselves up to go for Fangio's middle inside linebacker. Yep, I mean... (laughs) There's an argument. There's an easy, easy argument to be made for that. That's what seems obvious, but yeah. the obvious isn't always true. 
Yeah. Exactly. And maybe may, maybe they use a third round pick to get Vic's guy at inside linebacker. Who Maybe there's someone there that Vic says, look, no one knows about this guy. Right. He plays at Rhode Island. <laughs> he plays at Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> but he fits me perfectly, and I right. can turn him into a pro bowler. John would freaking love to hear that. That's why he wanted an expert, right? <laughs> He's like, wait, I don't have to use a first-round pick on an inside linebacker? Yep, I'll do whatever. What if Vic says, Keyshawn Bieria is the perfect linebacker for me? Wow. <laughs> wow. Maybe. Or Joe Jones. Joe Jones. Could you imagine if Vic turns one of those guys into a stud? Game over. He's just the best inside line or linebackers coach ever. Uh, no doubt about pretty it. Pretty much already is. Exactly. From C. Beasley, I'm kind of sick of hearing all the negative commentary on Twitter and so forth about how bad the Broncos are going to be this year. I'm watching all these signings and just looking at how much they've already improved. I'm looking forward to the draft and trusting Elway is going to listen to Fangio and Scangarello and pick best player available for the positions that they both want and need. I'm liking the chemistry of Elway and Fangio. I feel like Fangio, unlike Vance, knows how to game plan for each team. I believe we'll win 10-plus game this year This year, and make it to the second round of the playoffs. Haters going to hate. I got faith. It is more fun to be optimistic than pessimistic, and let's stop hating on Bulls so much. Uh, he'll come around and be great this year. Thanks for all of your great coverage on this team. Y'all going to have some fun this year covering the Broncos. Shaka. Yeah, I, I, hope it's, I, I hope it's a fun year, interesting, and a little more interesting than a 3-1 and one start with a 12-game slide. And there's certainly, this team is better now than it was last year. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. Now are they 7-9 and nine good? Or are they 10-6? and six? I could see 10-6 and six and winning a playoff game. I could. Yeah. I mean, they got a guy who knows how to win those games. He literally admitted that he plays ugly and ugly wins late in the season. Yep. And it's right. It, it wins right. in playoffs. It is. So I could see it. I mean, I could see a lot of scenarios. I could see another. I mean, I could honestly see another five and eleven, six and ten season. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, and that's because they're the depth is not very deep at really any of the most important positions. And Joe Flacco had the touchwood. <laughs> there he did it. Joe Flacco had the best statistical start to his career at the beginning of last season. Now the team went what four and five under that. So maybe that happens again, and the Broncos are under 500. Maybe Joe Flacco has, you know, regresses and is the quarterback that he's been for the past five seasons. That's not very good. And then, yeah, you're probably looking at sub sub 500. But if he's the guy that carries you to, you know, a 14-13 game and then leads that final drive at the end to kick the field goal, he's done that before. That's all that matters. Yep. One more than you give up. Yep. Next one's from Christian C. He says, for the last few years, Ryan has had a feeling about a certain player the Broncos would draft. Last year, he said it would be Yadam because he met his parents on the beach in Florida. That's close to what happened. Uh, what happened, actually, was I met his ex-girlfriend's parents on the beach in Mexico. But it was a good guess. That's incredible. They were a fun time, I'll tell you that. They, they ordered a lot, of, a lot of cold snacks. There you go. Um he says, do you have a guess for this year, or are you not going to put your streak at risk? Mm. I'm ne I've never been a just-preserve-the-streak guy, but 
You got to give me until like draft day. <laughs> that Wednesday. Premonitions don't just come out of nowhere. <laughs> the Bulls one, I, I remember I, pre- I correctly predicted that the Broncos would, would draft Bulls because I had a dream about it the night before the draft. <laughs> so pump the brakes there, Christian. Man, did we get any good articles about some players at the Combine? <laughs> That's who it would be. Yep. From David Coythen. Absolutely love the addition of Callahan. I now have confidence in a secondary that worried me all of last year. Really hoping we draft Bush or White at 10 to make this defense scary. In rounds 2 through 7, we could show up O-line, D-line, wide receiver, and tight end. How would you rank these positions in terms of need? So outside of inside linebacker. No, let's keep inside linebacker on the board. Okay. Oh, man. In positions of need. So are we going no offense? Oh, no. O-line's in there. Inside linebacker, I think, is one because of what Vic wants. I think Vic... And what he said. It's not just us guessing that he wants a linebacker. Right. It's He said we need two guys there to be competitive. Right. So inside linebacker is one taking that into account. And the rest are... are You have pieces there, but all could be upgraded. I think D-line is the underrated position of need here. I go D-line too because you still have a hole in the middle. There's a hole in the middle, and then there's questions about Derek Wolf. Shelby Harris is just on a one-year deal, so yeah, I would go. I would go D line too. So, oh, at Oliver, man. Yeah, that's a that is a long-term solution. Yep. And promise you, he won't turn out like uh, Demarcus Walker. Yeah. Can someone pull something out of Demarcus Walker? Colar's been trying. This is the this is it for him. Oh yeah, he could get cut in training camp. Oh, it, this could be Paxton Lynch, where yeah. you get your your third season off season, and then if you're not the guy, we're gonna we're gonna be okay with moving on. Remember how much they sold us on how improved he was last year? Yeah, he didn't play all season. <laughs> yep, exactly. If that was a big jump of improvement for him, then he's gonna have to make another big jump just to get on the field, not even be good on the field. Wonder how much Vic is gonna have to do with that. Or if it's just a lost cause and move on. I don't know. Maybe they can move him to wide receiver. <laughs> Tight end. Hey, I mean, he kind of fits that. Um, so I guess we're saying ILB and D-line are, are the two biggest. Yeah, which is just wild not to go offense. Offense has to Offensive line has to be 1A or 2A, 2B with D-line. Because, yeah, you, you have a hole at right guard. You have a potential hole at center, and you have a hole at left tackle. And you need depth. They just don't. I don't. I truly believe John doesn't see a hole at left tackle this year. I don't think he sees it as a need. Mun check. Hmm. Got to earn that mun check. <laughs> Get him his guy. All right, moving on from Craig L. Hi, orange and blue stew. I'm just down the road in Redditch, so thanks for the food suggestions. We'll try to get to them. Well, there you go. You want to get the orange, blue, and stew comment? Oh, there we go. Orange, blue, stew. Hey, guys. Great content as always. I love this time of the year as possibilities are endless. Before I get to my football question, some food comments. Nando's is massive in the UK. There are restaurants everywhere. A cheeky Nando's is a welcome addition to a night out. Someone else told me that, too. Maybe it was orange and blue, stew. What is a cheeky... I think that's just like a nickname for it. Okay. 
Like, oh, you want to go hit up some, you want you want some cheeky Nandos? <laughs> cheeky is kind of like good. Okay. I was going to say, do we have any place like that here where there's like a known nickname that you put ahead? Yeah. McDonald's is Don's. Don? Never heard of Don's. No way. <laughs> you never go you to Don's? You just made that up? You made that no, up. No, no. Yeah. That's what me and all my friends call it. <laughs> There's a bar not too far from my place called Don. So if you said that, we would get there and just be on very different pages. I believe Don's is part of the BSN family. It is. It is part of the BSN fam. Um, you can get a free beer at Don's any day yep. of the week. Yeah. Um, what are at some what other Don's? ones? Huh? What Don's? Uh, the only one that sells <laughs> beer. Um, we used to call it Taco Bell T. Bizzler. T. Bizzler. <laughs> And these are well known. You're telling me. I mean, I'm just telling you what me and my guys say. Um, what are some other late night? <laughs> do you, do you, what do you go with uh, the burrito places? Are there any fun names for those? No. Chigotle. <laughs> ah, that's pretty good. I just came up with that. Yeah, one. That, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, oh, people used to call Kidoba Dobes. Dobes. Oh, okay, I've heard that. Okay, I've heard there you that. go. There you yep. go. Yep. Uh, what else is there? Chick-fil-A doesn't have one. Could you do cheeky with any of them? Cheeky Chick-fil-A. <laughs> 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 I like it. That's a thing now. A little cheeky Chick-fil-A. It's fun to say, too. <laughs> Anyways, he goes on. If you ever find yourself in Birmingham, UK, I can recommend some great places to eat. Um, there's one called original patty men, which is interesting, (laughs) make some amazing burgers and their ODB fries, spicy fries with slaw, coriander, lime, sriracha, mayo, crispy fried onions, and fresh spring onion. Sold. Sold. Maybe too much onions for my taste. Um, the burritos at Bodega are great, but the one thing you have to have in Birmingham are curry. We are the home of the Balti. And there are so many good places throughout the city. My personal favorite is Dewan and Mosley. Their Balti garlic chicken chili Bihar is a personal favorite. Wow. Orange and blue stew coming in hot with the food. Guess what? It's mid-third segment and I'm starving. (laughs) On to football. Good. We have made some good signings so far, particularly the additions on the defense. I was stoked to hear late on Friday we were in for Callahan, then wake up on Saturday to hear he signed. I think we are basically done in free agency now, but if there is any money to trade for Josh Rosen, that would be the cherry on top. I see no downside in trading for him if we can afford it, particularly if, particularly if the price is a third. He comes in as a very big pickup, very good backup, sorry. Uh, if Flacco looks the business, we can probably trade him next season for a mid-round draft pick. If Flacco <laughs> doesn't perform, we have our potential QB of the future in the building. Love it. Love it. I still love it. That's one thing that hasn't changed. I wonder if the Broncos think Flacco is such a long-term option that they aren't even thinking along those lines. Yep. They're thinking like, well, what's the point of having Josh Rosen here if he's just going to sit behind Flacco for four years and his contract's going to expire? He's going to eat up money, and then we're either not going to pick up his fifth-year option, we're going to pick up his fifth-year option, it's going to be $10 million, and we can't, we don't want to afford that when we're paying our other quarterback 25 at that point. Especially when they can just get Tyree, Tyree Jackson in the fourth round. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I can totally see that. I could too. They're thinking that him behind Flacco with Scangarello. Yep. Oh man. What who does He's not who, Italian enough though. Who does Skangs want? Um Give me an Italian quarterback in the draft. I don't think there is one. Oh, that's an issue. Undrafted. Uh, McF- McSorley, Finley. 
Bach. Andy Isabella. <laughs> Your one-stop shop. Yep. Andy Isabella, I mean, he has to come. He's got to be. Fits. He fits everything, right? It's perfect. Fits everything. Um, man, I would like to see it, but... And, and the thing is, worst case, it's a good price for a good backup. I just, I don't feel like they're going to be the team because I think they, from from what I've heard, they're open to it, but other teams are going to be just ecstatic about it. The Gi- What are the Giants doing? Apparently, they're going to be open for trading for Josh Rosen if he becomes available. Does that mean they don't go Dwayne Haskins or Drew Locke or someone? That is wild. Maybe they're doing the, the Eagles thing. Keep Eli... Trade for Rosen and draft one. Might as well. Until you got one, you got none. Did you see the Dave Gettleman today said the narrative that uh, Eli Manning is washed up as a crock? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. Well, Craig Al, if you go try any of those places that Orange and Blue Stew recommended, we need a second review on that. Let us know. We we got to be fat. We got to be ombudsmaning everyone. Yes, fact checking. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, we'll recommend Cheeky Chick-fil-A. Cheeky Chick-fil-A. Next one coming in from Estes DeBestis says, What up, what up, BSN rock stars? <laughs> With Donald Penn being released by the Raiders, do you think the Broncos should pursue him or would he be too expensive? This may be null and void by the time the pod comes out on Monday, but I'm interested in the idea of pennant left tackle and bowls at guard or backup tackle. Our line would be beastly. Keep up the great work, BSN rock stars. <laughs> I love it. I'm never going to get sick of that. Me either. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, well, Donald Penn's not going to be too expensive. Uh, but Donald Penn is not exactly like – he's a raider, right. if you know what I mean. He very much is. <laughs> he acts like a raider. He walks like a raider. He talks like a raider. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if that's necessarily an option. I will say Von Miller has a lot of respect for him. A lot of respect for him. So – Maybe that can move the needle a little bit. Do you bring him in on the cheap as a guy to compete with Garrett Bowles? And if not, then he's just your depth? And then you feel much better about your depth? Sure. Yeah, if you can get him on the cheap. And that's like tier three of free agency. So he's going to have to be out there for a few more days. All right. Final question here as we've crossed the 90-minute mark on the podcast uh, from Craig L. We have addressed quarterback, cornerback, and right tackle. So what's the biggest hole in need on the roster now? Went we talked it. about it. Yep. And I it's cra- I just I hate saying inside linebacker because I just don't feel like John Elway cares that much. But I also think John Elway respects Vic Fangio. He does. Does he respect it enough to use his best asset? The best thing he has in cha- in terms of a chance to improve the team. Does he believe in Vic Fangio so much that he will drop everything he believes about the position to help out his guy you know how Vic and and John shared a story last week about how uh, when they were talking about Kareem Jackson Vic came into John's office and said we really like Kareem Jackson and and John said we do too that's great you think Vic comes in well what does John say when Vic comes into the office and says I we love both Devons in the first round what does John say does he say me too, or does he, he say? I think he says, "Okay, good to know, Vic. <laughs> Have a good day." <laughs> yeah, 
I don't know. I can't imagine it being like, me too, man. <laughs> Love those guys. Right. Want them badly. Right. Yeah. Or John's like, yeah, me too. For in, in the third round, I love those guys. I think we get Devin Bush in the third. <laughs> I could, man, defensive line just seems like a happy middle ground, right? A meeting place for the two. You gotta get him a linebacker, and there's only two in the draft. It makes sense. That would just be the craziest thing for John Elway to do. Because it's here's the biggest problem is it's not like Josie and Todd are just players who haven't reached their full potential yet, and they and, and Josie certainly. The problem is they aren't the shape and size of the linebackers that Vic likes to use. They'll never reach that potential, right? You can't all of a sudden become a sideline to sideline rangy fast guy when your whole career you've been a north and south thumper. Yeah, Keyshawn and, and Joe Jones would be those guys in what? We're talking fourth and fifth on the depth chart? Yeah. Or third and fourth, maybe. Third and fourth. Is that uh, I guess last Johnson year, fourth and fifth, around? though. Last year, fourth and fifth. Right, right. Yeah, behind Brandon Marshall. Wait. Wow. No, third and fourth, then, I guess. Brandon Marshall, so Todd Davis. Yeah, so fourth Josie and fifth. Jewel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Could you Alexander imagine if he Johnson? takes those two guys? Wow. <laughs> that, I mean, that's what he'd have to do to run his defense. You got to get him a dude. Yeah, and maybe maybe that's a compromise. Is we're not going to spend any money on that position in free agency, and so you want two guys, I'll give you one, but he's just going to be the best one. Which how could Vic say no to that? Right, right, yeah, he's going to take White or Bush if if that's his option. And then you also get the young guys. You still have Josie Jewel. You still have Keyshawn Bieri, and then you have the veteran in the room with Todd. What if they somehow got both? What if they drafted Devin <laughs> White at 10 and traded back up into the first round to get Devin Bush? This defense. It'd be amazing. Wow. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for us today. Oh, got, a, got a buzzer beater. Buzzer beater, buzzer really? Beater. No, I'm just kidding. From the legendary Tim E. He says, hey, guys, excited to see that there will be a Broncos game in Minneapolis this coming year. While you're here, you have to try a Juicy Lucy at Matt's Bar. It's a burger made by putting cheese between two patties of meat, then sealing both patties around the cheese to create a single patty with a melted cheese core. Their motto is fear the cheese because you need to let it cool slightly so you're not scalded by the molten cheddar. Keep up the great work, you two. New Pleasure Horse tunes coming soon. Hey. You know what what this uh, Juicy Lucy reminds me of? What? Reminds me of just a meat hot pocket. Ah yes, it is. Yep, it's scalding inside. It's like um, what what the uh, sausage crust pizza was. <laughs> yep, exactly. Man, you'll have to, you'll just eat that like a hot pocket because you'll do no bun. Hopefully, by the time the Broncos are in Minneapolis, I'm like just ripped and I can have a cheat day with the bun. Get the full experience of a yep. juicy Lucy. Yep. Man, have you ever had? It's like a, a, it's like a chocolate lava cake, but meat and cheese. <sighs> And it probably on the outside could look like a chocolate lava cake. Yeah. Potential. Well, <laughs> maybe. It might be a little concerning if it was that dark. Nice yeah, char right. on the outside. <sighs> that sounds so good. It Anything sounds good right now, though. Yeah, I'm too hungry. And because of that, no more buzzer beaters. We're stopping the podcast. We love you guys. Like I said, check out The Locker. Make sure you check out uh, all of our stories on bsndenver.com. Plenty more to come this week. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast. Getting me down Waiting up for you
If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, with a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands, we have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue